Clovis, building a healthy life together. What's up, everybody? Justin Nault here with another Ask Me Anything episode. This is audio pulled from my weekly Facebook Live, which you can catch every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central at facebook.com slash the Clovis culture. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast and leave me a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. I know that leaving a podcast review can be quite tricky, so I have made this as easy as possible for you. All you have to do is visit ratethispodcast.com slash Clovis. Again, ratethispodcast.com slash Clovis. I've also included this link in the show notes, so you can just click that link and it will show you a list of podcast platforms. Select your favorite podcast platform and you will see step-by-step on-screen instructions for exactly how to leave a podcast review. Each and every review counts. It really, really helps and it truly means the world to me. Thank you. As always, this episode is brought to you by Clovis. I am the founder and CEO of Clovis and I am in the business of changing people's lives for the better. I am a certified nutritional therapist and I have helped over 1,000 people just like you transform their health and wellness. And I want to work with you. To prove it, I'm going to give you a free seven-day trial, which will give you full-blown access to all of the exclusive members-only content that Clovis has to offer. Just visit iamclovis.com slash start. I-A-M-C-L-O-V-I-S dot com slash start start. You will find videos of yours truly and you will find some incredible transformation stories from real life Clovis clients. You will be shocked by the incredible stories that these brave individuals have to tell. Stories of full-blown life transformation. 50 pounds in 8 weeks, 40 pounds in 60 days, 19 pounds in 21 days, 100 pounds in 6 months, you name it, I have a client who has done it. And you can too. Check out IamClovis.com start and get started with your free trial today. If you'd like to check out my physical products, I am offering you a very special deal on the Perfect Paleo Powder. 30% off your first purchase. In fact, that 30% discount will be applied to your entire cart for your first purchase at IamClovis.com. Head over to IamClovis.com, check out the Perfect Paleo Powder and all the other products that I have available, and you will get 30% off your first purchase. Just use promo code PERFECTPODCAST, all one word, P-E-R-F-E-C-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Perfect podcast, all one word. Apply this discount code at checkout and you will receive 30% off your entire first order. Just visit IamClovis.com to grab this special deal. All right, let's get on with the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? It's Justin. Welcome to Wednesday, Facebook Live. I don't know what to call this thing. Hmm. Usually ask me anything. I know we've talked about this for a couple weeks now, but the ask me anything are going to get moved into I am Clovis and these weekly presentations are going to happen and I need to come up with a new name for them. So if you're in Clovis, let's do a vote. Let's come up with some fancy, cool name for these new Wednesday night presentations as we rebrand. That's what the kids call it in marketing terms, ladies and gentlemen, rebranding. Let's make sure I'm live. 
Perfect. What's up, Judy? How you doing? What's up, everybody? Say hey, check in, click the like button, click the love button, click the happy button. The new Facebook is freaking me out. The, the Facebook is so different now, um, particularly going live on the computer is very strange. Uh, the whole layout is different and the whole layout is different of all the pages and the groups and everything, as you guys probably know, because you probably also use Facebook every day and it's completely different. It's a little bit weird. But the um, podcast is recording here. We got the podcast going. We got video going. We got people in the group. This is awesome. We're going to be talking all about regenerative agriculture, everybody. What's up, Deanne? On your 15-minute break from work. That's awesome. What's up, Tammy? What's up, Heather? What's up, Laura? Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. Come in. Grab a seat. Grab a glass of dry farm wine or whatever you might have on quarantine. Get comfy. Let's talk about some stuff. So today we're going to be talking about regenerative agriculture. Please do me a favor. I don't see a lot of them happening right now. Click the like button. Click the love button. Click the happy button. Click the share button. You can share this to your timeline right now. I'm going to do that, right? I'm going to click the share button. I'm going to click share. And I'll tell you what it says. It says share now. Public. Yup. Boom. There you go. Shared. Public. Oh, there's another one. You can click share again and then click share to your story. Friends. Click. Mine's now in my stories. Mine's now shared to my page. Awesome. People are going to see this. What's up, Greg? What's up, Mike? What's up, Tamara? Welcome. Welcome, everybody. I'm excited about tonight's topic. We're going to be talking about regenerative agriculture. We're going to be talking about the food systems in America. I'm going to say some things that might be mildly upsetting to people because that's what I tend to do. Also, I am rocking my new Sacred Cow t-shirt, a gift from my dear friend Diana Rogers. That's why I have this website here, sacredcow.info. You guys need to check out sacredcow.info to learn as much as you can about the documentary film project and partner book project. That is called Sacred Cow. This is a combo product that is amazing. This incredible project from Diana Rogers, who runs Sustainable Dish. You can find her on Instagram at Sustainable Dish. You can find the Sustainable Dish podcast. And then, of course, Mr. Rob Wolf, who really needs no introduction. You can find him on Instagram at Das Rob Wolf, D A S R O B B W O L F. Um, so Rob and Diana teamed up for this documentary film project, which I just got to see a sneak peek of behind the scenes because I'm special and because I donated a lot of money to that movie. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, I got to see the project. It's it's fantastic. It's narrated by Nick Offerman, who is best known for his role as Ron Swanson in Parks and Rec on TV. Uh, really funny guy, and he did a great job with the narration. It's fantastic. Um, but anyway, we're, we're going to talk about regenerative, ag blah, blah, regenerative agriculture, which is still a tongue twister for me, and I've been involved in this regenerative agriculture world for several years now. I think I've been involved with Diana's project for well over two years now. Um, so that's been really cool. Really cool to be a part of that, see behind the scenes and get updates and stuff from her as she's just crushing it. She's fantastic. We're going to talk about her a little bit more in this episode. Um, so we got everything rolling. Let's dig in. So um, tonight's episode is related to coronavirus. Yes, because what content under the sun is not somehow related to coronavirus at this point. I just almost fell over. I haven't even drank any wine tonight. <laughs> Interesting. I did lift very heavy. I did a ridiculous leg workout today and standing here kind of sucks. I'm not going to lie to you. But we need to take the focus a little bit off of mental, uh, not mental, uh, metabolic health. We can take it a little bit off metabolic health somewhat. We'll talk about a little bit to focus on some logistics for the future. I think this is critically important. So tonight I'm going to talk to you about Regenerative agriculture, which is one of my favorite topics, but I'm going to talk about the role that it plays in this pandemic. It's very, very important, and I hope we learn some valuable lessons here. So I'm actually going to start by talking about finance. This is probably the only portion of the podcast, and 
I feel like everyone has to preface all of their work these days to not offend people, right? There are always gonna be outliers to everything I say. There's always gonna be some person with some terrible fucking circumstance that I can't account for. Every time I do a post about anything, there is someone who's just like, but what about this person who's point zero 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 one percent of the population? What about them, Justin? And they'll just discredit the entire fucking lesson that I'm trying to teach because of this one drastic outlier. So just know, I'm gonna say some stuff tonight that there's always gonna be outliers for. Take the lesson, take the lesson, take the lesson. You pointing out those tiny, tiny little outliers is ego, that's ego. Ignore the ego, let's talk about big general things as they relate to the overall population because it's very important and there are very important lessons to be learned. Let's dig in. I'm not gonna talk specifically about politics. I'm not gonna get into the nitty gritty details of politics, right? But we all know that what's happening right now is the U.S. government is giving away a ton of money during this pandemic. A literal ton of money. Trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars being printed out of thin air. Money that did not previously exist to this. They're not reaching into the budget and grabbing this stuff. They're printing it out of thin air, okay? There are consequences to that, I assure you, of which we have no idea yet what those consequences will be. You could argue whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing until the cows come home. See what I did there? But here are some irrefutable facts. Many people are currently making more money on unemployment than they were making at their jobs. Now, this is, I don't, I'm not saying this is a problem, but this is thanks to the automatic $600 per week bonus that came from the stimulus. The stimulus was passed and they added $600 on top of unemployment claims, right? They've been added to all unemployment claims, blanket statement. So there's a significant amount of people around the country who are now really pissed off because they're still employed and they're furious because their employers have received loans from what's called the Payroll Protection Program. Now the Payroll Protection Program gives loans to companies that are then completely forgivable, mind you, if that money is used to pay payroll. Now that allows them to keep their employees on payroll while their employees are home and not working. Well, this pisses off those employees. Those employees would rather be laid off because if they were laid off, they'd be making more money on unemployment because of the additional $600 per week bonus they'd be getting from the stimulus. Again, I am not arguing what approach is right or wrong here. I want to discuss the psychology behind what is happening. And that's gonna bring us to the bigger topic of sourcing food and psychology of the country and what we rely on and what we don't. Stick with me here. This is all gonna make sense to you, okay? Now, let's discuss the psychology of what's happening. This next sentence, I am well aware, I thought about it long and hard before coming on here, this next sentence could torpedo my entire career. My entire online presence could be hit with a torpedo immediately. But I'm gonna say it anyway. In the broadest, most general way possible, ignoring the countless millions of outliers, I'm sure I'm gonna get messages telling you about the extenuating circumstances, I know this, okay? But I'm still gonna make the point. People who spend their entire lives flat broke, like can just never get ahead no matter what they do, generally speaking, they don't always have an income problem. They have a financial management problem, and they carry extremely detrimental false beliefs. False beliefs that are usually programmed in them from a very young age by the adults 
who raised them. We call these co-authors. These people literally authored that child's reality, what the child thinks it is capable of, what the child thinks are the possibilities of reality. Now, I have worked with countless clients at this point on their personal finances. I've helped a lot of people get out of bad debt. I've helped a lot of people change careers. I've helped a lot of people make a lot more money, increase cash flow monthly, right? I am yet to find a situation in which what I just detailed is not true. It's true in every single sense. Every single case that I deal with, every single person struggle with finance, struggling with finance, I see these problems. Now, yes, some people have been dealt absurdly difficult hands, right? But there are always much deeper psychological issues at play, particularly belief systems surrounding money and abundance, okay? Now, I'm gonna give you a perfect example of this to outline this so you know I'm not just talking out of my ass here. This is an irrefutable fact that the poorer a person is when they win the lottery, the faster they will go bankrupt after winning, statistically, okay? With the vast majority of lottery winners, jackpot lottery winners, ending up bankrupt within 18 months of their big giant win. These are just statistics, everyone. Don't shoot the messenger here, okay? Here's why I bring this up at all. People are getting very, very comfortable thanks to the actions that the government has taken. And when people are comfortable, old habits remain. The old habits don't have to get destroyed. They, they, they are allowed to remain because of the comfort of the situation. So these old detrimental habits remain and people continue spending irresponsibly, okay? So let's talk about this. I always talk about this concept of recession proof. I've done so much content on how to make yourself recession proof. Kayla, I love that this is resonating with you. Yeah, this is gonna be good, okay? So when we talk about recession proof, I'm gonna explain to you guys what happened. When the pandemic first hit, I think I might've been the first influencer I saw, and I rarely say that, but I might've been the first influencer, influencer that I know of who jumped online and started recording podcasts, specifically addressing steps that people could take today to get started learning new skills and earning money from home to make themselves recession-proof. Now, at this point, we didn't know a stimulus was coming. We didn't know unemployment checks were coming. None of this stuff, right? I wanted to teach people how to protect themselves against this and start making money from day one online. Now, I got a ton of engagement and a ton of messages after releasing these podcast episodes. Loads and loads of people seemed genuinely interested and actually excited to start taking my advice. They were like pumped about it, right? Then the stimulus was passed. $2.2 trillion printed out of thin air. The $600 per week bonus was added to unemployment. Disaster relief loans popped up. The payroll protection program launched. SBA loans everywhere. All sorts of relief funds. The freaking Grammy Awards in Nashville started sending $1,000 checks to Nashville musicians and all this stuff, right? It was crazy. All of a sudden, crickets on my end Crickets. 99% of the people that had talked to me about going, being, becoming recession-proof, they vanished. So all of a sudden, all these people who seemed so excited to learn new skills and plan for a better future, they just stopped reaching out. And I mean completely. Of my 40,000 plus followers that I have now across all my social media platforms, I can count on one hand the people still engaging me for advice on becoming recession-proof. By the way, those people are kicking ass at life right now. But the rest of the people, they're comfortable again. They're no longer scared. They're comfy. They're thinking very, very short term. 
When people are comfortable, they are notoriously bad at planning for the future. Alcohol, junk food, and online sales are all skyrocketing to the moon. E-commerce is poised to grow by 20% this year. E-commerce is poised to grow by 20% this year in a year where they're thinking that the GDP could drop by 46% according to JP Chase Morgan, right? What? I mean, the economy is literally collapsing before our eyes and e-commerce set to soar by 20%. Everyone's like, well, yeah, that's because everyone's home. No, what does that tell us? That tells us people are sitting at home buying shit online with their stimulus checks. That's what is happening. People are not spending money wisely right now, period, because they're spending money that they didn't earn. Psychologically, which is all we're talking about here, I don't care about your politics. I don't care about my politics. Psychologically, these people are spending free money. That's what their mind thinks. That's how it feels. That's obviously not an accurate or even a logical statement, but that's how it feels. And emotions run the world. Okay, what the hell does this have to do with regenerative agriculture? Justin, mm -hmm. what are we talking about here? So enough about finance. Let's dig into the heart of this episode and let's talk about why I even bring this stuff up at all. Food systems. We just talked about finance, a little bit about politics, a little bit about psychology, people's spending habits, America's spending habits culturally, right? Beliefs about money. Now we're going to talk a little bit about food systems, okay? Our food systems are failing completely. Now, if you are a fan of Clovis and you don't follow Diana Rogers, again, at Sustainable Dish, there's sacredcow.info. You can find her there as well. If you don't follow her at this point, you're a crazy person. You got to follow her on all platforms. She's one of my favorite content creators alive right now. And she has zero fear of pissing people off as she covers things in detail. These giant topics of environmental sustainability, the future of the environment, climate change. She covers the topics that most people are afraid to discuss and they bury their heads in the sand, right? She is an absolute inspiration in my world. That's why I'm wearing this t-shirt tonight. That's why, full transparency, Clovis has donated $100,000 to the Sacred Cow Project. I was one of the first investors in that project, period. Before all the bigwigs came in, right? $100,000 donated to that project. That's how much I believe in this shit, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I'm here telling you about it. I do put my money where my mouth is, period, okay? Anyway, Diana has been doing a fantastic job of outlining the countless struggles that we're currently facing because of our broken food systems in America. If you go to Sustainable Dish on Instagram, she has this amazing clickable bio and you can read all these countless articles. It's absolutely incredible. She's fantastic, okay? Now, I'm gonna mention just a few of the things happening right now. The United States is on the brink of a nationwide meat shortage. A nationwide meat shortage. Go, go into any grocery store and look at the shelves. In just one single facility, two million chickens were euthanized because they had nothing to do with them. What do we do with these two million chickens that are now literally outgrowing these feedlot operations that we store them in? So they just killed two million chickens. Tyson, one of the world's largest food producers, said publicly, quote, the food supply chain is breaking. There will be limited supply of our products available in grocery stores until we are able to reopen our facilities that are currently closed, end quote. Let's continue. Three major pork plants in South Dakota, Minnesota, and Iowa. Those three pork plants combined account for 15% of U.S. pork production. They were closed indefinitely in April. Smithfield Foods, the world's largest pork supplier, 
stated that the U.S. is moving, quote, perilously close to the edge in supplies for grocers, end quote. Now, these problems are propping up primarily because thousands of workers in these plants, the, these plants rely on thousands and thousands of workers, and many of these workers are getting sick, and they have to stay at home. They can't put people in these plants. And then you have these discussions happening of, yes, Trump has made some decisions where he is forcing specific food plants to stay open. Now, this goes to your personal beliefs on COVID-19, but this could be a very dangerous move, right? Forcing these places to stay open with sick workers. We have enough problems with E. coli outbreaks and all the other shit that comes from feedlot factory farm meat processing plants that are disgusting to begin with, right? This gets really nasty. Okay, scary. Yeah, look at what Greg just said. Smithfield had some 750 cases at one Idaho packaging plant. What are we doing, everybody? And now we're talking about just forcing them to stay open? Forcing them to stay open. These people coughing and their snots all over your chicken. Yeah, have fun with that while you're cooking at home, getting your shit from the grocery store. That's why this episode is happening. Now, think about all the other wasted food products. What people don't tend to think about right now is these companies like Coca-Cola, Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch, whatever the names of the conglomerates that own the fucking things are, right? But they're not thinking about this. So there's a lot of other wasted food products happening, not just meat. Dairy farmers have been dumping thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of gallons of milk just down the drain. Thousands of kegs of beer are going to spoil because we no longer have concerts and event centers and bars like downtown Nashville and restaurants are closed. There's countless tons of vegetables rotting, produce being wasted because there's no demand from schools, restaurants, hotels, theme parks, all of these things that account for a lot of the food demand coming from these big processing facilities, right? Now, thankfully, some companies are stepping in. It was announced that Publix is actually buying excess produce and milk from farmers in local locations, and they're transporting that food to food banks. Okay, awesome, cool, this is still a giant problem. Now the crazy thing is, even with all these production and waste challenges happening, I mean literally nationwide, it's a big problem, meat sales in the US have surged by 77%. So since the beginning of the pandemic, meat sales have surged by 77%. This is why you're seeing all the empty grocery store shelves that we've all grown accustomed to. With every visit to the grocery store, it seems to get worse, right? Everyone has run out and every, run out from their houses and stocked up. It's the same thing that happened with toilet paper. It's now happening with meat, right? Now, these empty store shelves, this is all panic buying we're witnessing all across the country. And what this does is it sheds very serious light on how dependent we are on our broken and bloated food systems and how utterly helpless people are without them. The Director General of the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, this is called FAO, is now urging reform. He's insisting that food supply chains be shortened and localized. I want you to keep that word top of mind. This is what we need, right? He's insisting that food supply chains be shortened and localized. Now he stated in a meeting with the agriculture ministers of G20 countries, he stated, we need to collaborate. Uh, this is his quote, quote, we need to collaborate with every actor in the supply chain, build public private partnerships and promote innovation, end quote. Now, when he was urging these agriculture ministers of the G20 countries, this is some big serious shit we're talking about, right? 
He's, he basically urged them to accelerate food systems transformation, like top-down transformation of the food systems as we know it. He wants to utilize things like e-commerce to create entirely new business models for food systems across the globe. And I couldn't agree more. And I hope that this happens very, very quickly, okay? Now, the fact that I've been surviving this, this whole entire quarantine thing, 99% of the food that I've eaten, I have killed myself, okay? The fact that I'm surviving mostly on animals that I've killed from a big giant freezer in my garage puts me in a very, very small percentage of the US population right now. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't planning for a pandemic. I didn't see the future. I didn't have a crystal ball for this thing. I didn't see the pandemic coming either. Of course I didn't. In the beginning, I thought it was nonsense, right? But every day of my life, I truly believe in the power of regenerative agriculture. And I care very, very much about where my food comes from. And I believe in voting with my dollars and my actions, not just reposting some fucking Instagram post and pretending that I'm some kind of warrior. If you're reposting regenerative ag stuff and you're not supporting regenerative ag, I don't really know what to tell you, ladies and gentlemen. Stop. That was me digitally slapping you. I let my actions speak for me. I don't care what you post on your Instagram if you don't actually live it, right? For years now, my freezer has been full of animals that I have hunted and meat from local regenerative farmers that I know personally. I have their cell phone numbers. We send funny texts back and forth. I've had dinner with these people. These local farmers that I know personally, that's it, period. That's what's in my freezer, okay? Now, it's my hope that tonight's episode will convince you to do the same. So aside from these behemoths of industry that we're talking about, the Coca-Colas of the world and everything, there have, and Tyson, there have also been some signs of change on an individual, very local level in America. And it kind of, it's kind of this like grassroots movement, like a return to our roots almost, I guess you could say. So seed companies, literally companies that sell seeds, have seen a historical, just unprecedented surge in demand as more and more people start planting home gardens, people actually trying to grow their own food. There's also just an extremely high demand across all peer-to-peer -peer marketplaces like Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, for chicken coops and hen houses. And then you have all these feed stores and these co-ops that are seeing extremely high demand for laying hens. These are hens that literally lay eggs. So people are trying to buy chicken coops, trying to buy hen houses, they're trying to buy hens, they want their own eggs, they're buying seeds, they're planting gardens, all these things. A lot of CSAs are doing a lot of work locally to help get food to people that have been really hurt by COVID. Now, this is all beautiful, but the question remains, and this is why I talked about finance earlier in the episode. I am weaving this all in here if you haven't noticed. Just like the psychology shift when the stimulus checks started showing up, I am concerned about the lessons we've learned about our food systems. If the pandemic passes us by and society opens back up earlier than we all expected, will we hold on to these lessons that we've learned or will we revert back to business as usual? Unfortunately, when it comes to our food systems, I truly believe that the latter will happen. I think we will revert, revert very quickly to going back to Walmart for all of our food needs. I think that's gonna happen very, very quickly, okay? 
just like we saw with the stimulus checks, really. It's just going back to a place of comfort. People have their stimulus checks now. They're very, very comfortable. They seem to forget that unemployment only lasts for so long and that the stimulus bonus is for something like 10 weeks. Now, yes, they just passed another stimulus and they'll probably pass another stimulus and they'll probably pass another stimulus and we'll just live on the government teat until the end of fucking time, right? That will probably happen. But what happened, just like what happened with the stimulus check, an initial uptick in personal responsibility and planning for the future, like I saw with all my recession-proof people booking coaching calls with me, I wanna be recession-proof. Now I have a stimulus check. See you, Justin, right? That initial uptick in personal responsibility and planning was utterly slapped down the moment that those checks started landing in people's accounts. I am very afraid that the same thing is going to happen with this regenerative agriculture food systems piece, okay? So now I wanna dig into what you can actually do so yeah, I'll get rid of sacred cow. I'm going to leave regenerative agriculture up there. Localize. I'm going to leave that up there too. I love that word localized. So enter regenerative agriculture for you and your family and your life. I have covered this in great detail in many, many episodes. Now I'm going to link to all these episodes in the show notes. I don't want to sit here and just copy and paste them for you. But the most important of which is an episode I wrote called The Soil Will Save Us. So you can check out The Soil Will Save Us. And again, you can just go to iamclovis.com, the main primary website. You can go to iamclovis.com and literally just type in The Soil Will Save Us in the search bar and boom, right there, it's gonna pop up, okay? And then the other thing you wanna check out is my interview with Diana Rogers. And that one's easy because you can just go to clovis.show slash Diana. D-I-A-N-A, clovis.show slash Diana. And then there's also clovis.show slash Marty. So again, uh, Sacred Cow is releasing very soon. It's, it's gonna be fantastic and I'm gonna plaster it everywhere. So you wanna check out my episode, clovis.show slash Diana, where we talk all about regenerative agriculture and Sacred Cow. And then my interview with Marty Kendall at clovis.show slash Marty, we talk about his article, Becoming a Regenitarian. He's also a huge fan of Diana's. He cites Diana in that article because she's really the hub of all this thing, to be honest. Anytime you hear somebody like Dr. Mark Hyman, who's great, Anytime you hear somebody going out there saying it's not the cow, it's the how, people with bigger followings than Diana saying this, it's not the cow, it's the how thing, she is the root of all of that. Understand that. Give her credit, okay? So, um, but Marty's article, Becoming a Regenitarian, check that out. Now, I'm going to put those all in the show notes so you can check those out, okay? Now, regenerative farming, for those of you that don't know, goes far beyond the hijacked and greenwashed term of sustainable, sustainability, right? This word that people love to use when they talk about climate change, they don't really know what it means. We can't stick with sustainable because we've already destroyed the environment. Sustainable is no longer good enough. Regenerative takes things to a whole new level. Instead of depleting the topsoil, it literally regenerates the soil, making it more nutrient dense, adding nutrients to the soil, making the soil even thicker, adding to the topsoil, and actually sequestering carbon from the atmosphere. It is one of the most powerful known ways on planet Earth to sequester carbon from the atmosphere rather than monocropping and pumping fossil fuels, which literally spews carbon into the atmosphere. Okay, it's ridiculous. So I cover that in The Soil Will Save Us in clovis.show slash Diana, clovis.show slash Marty. Check those episodes out. Now, the great news here is that you don't need to become a farmer. You don't. I don't grow my own food. I do not know that I have the patience for gardening. I have never successfully kept a plant alive in my house and I've tried a few times. Just not good at it, right? Now, I hunt some of my own food. Sure, I'm real good at that. 
I'm not very good at keeping things alive. I'm quite good at the opposite side of things. But you don't need to do that either if you don't want to. You can if you want to. You don't need to face the learning curve of hunting or the learning curve of gardening or raising chickens or hens if you don't have a yard, blah, blah, blah. You don't need to do that unless it's something you truly want to do for your own personal reasons for your future, right? Some people want to garden and raise animals. Listen to me. There are countless amazing farms all over the country who will gladly sell you the most nutritious and ethically raised animal products and produce on planet Earth. And if I had it my way, 100% of your grocery budget would be going to them. Maybe 95%. We'll talk about what I still grocery shop for, right? Now, there's also the added bonus that you don't have to walk through the aisles of a grocery store facing countless millions of toxic processed food products when you visit your farmer. Literally 99.99% of your local grocery store will kill you. It's awful, it's that bad, okay? So again, psychology. It's kind of hard to make shitty grocery store purchases and buy Oreos and Doritos for your kids when you no longer have to step foot in a grocery store and face all that temptation and clever marketing gimmicks, right? So let's talk about exactly how I do it so how you can do this as well. Eatwild.com. I have talked about this. I cannot even count how many times. I wonder if the Eat Wild people even know I exist, but that's cool. Eatwild.com. Now, what you want to do is go to eatwild.com. Now, I want to be clear here too. This will be more expensive than your local grocery store. The meat, the poultry, the eggs, the produce will be more expensive than your local grocery store, probably more expensive than like a Walmart, right? Or a Costco but it will be less expensive than something like a Whole Foods, Sprouts, or some other specialty grocery store name that I can't pronounce, right? So what's gonna happen is you're gonna be forced to reallocate funds from your favorite processed junk food over to your favorite foods from your new local farmer. Now I've covered this before. I'm not asking you to increase your grocery budget. I am asking you to reallocate funds. So what happens is, is people play this game, right? Where we say, we say, well, I have a $300 a month or whatever. I don't know. I'm making this up, right? People say, I have a $300 a month grocery bill and I'm buying beef that's $3 a pound. Justin wants me to buy grass-fed beef that's $5.99 a pound. That's going to make my grocery budget go up. But that's not true because what I'm asking you to do is reallocate funds. So if you have a $300 grocery bill and you have Doritos and Cheetos and feedlot inflammatory milk and you're buying your kids Oreos and you're buying pizza bagels and blah, 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 blah. I'm asking you to get rid of all of that, right? So then what happens is the grocery bill plummets. You get rid of all the bullshit and now maybe you have a $150 grocery bill, okay? Maybe there are some, there's, maybe there's still $150 worth of things that you need, but that gives you $150 left over here for your farmer. So I'm asking you to reallocate funds, right? Get rid of all the junk. Most people do not have a grocery budget problem. They just don't. When I audit their grocery bill and 99.999% of what they're eating is not Clovis approved anyway, then we automatically cut a ton of the fluff from their grocery bill. It probably actually ends up looking more like this. Probably ends up going from 300 to 50. It's probably that big of a drastic jump. Then you have all this money left over for amazing grass-fed beef, foods that are more satiating anyway, so you're not gonna walk around snacking all day like a mindless feeding zombie, right? So this is what happens with reallocating your funds with your grocery store. Now, another thing I want to tell you about is never have just 
one farmer, okay? So you talked about reallocating funds. When you go to eatwild.com, start searching. Do not stop at just one. Always have backups. I have three different local farms right now that are all within 45 minutes drive time from me. I have three different farms here in Tennessee. Yes, I live in Tennessee. Maybe I'm I'm very thankful for that. That's awesome. Cool, right? But, but I'm telling you, I have looked all around this country. I've had clients all around the country. I am very rarely not able to help somebody find a local farmer. So I have three of them. And the reason why is because this doesn't work like a typical grocery store. They're not going to have everything that you want every second of every day, 24 hours a day, right? It doesn't work like a normal grocery store. Sometimes they might not have slaughtered an animal and they might be out of beef and you might really need beef, which means you need another local farmer, okay? So I have different options. I buy different things from them based on availability. And sometimes I'll even talk to them about price, right? Like for instance, I have one farmer named Sam. Sam's amazing. And I love the way that he packages his beef liver. He does this thing where he cuts the beef liver super, super thin. And it's like a perfect little two ounce sliver, right? And he gives them to me at a pound at a time. So I can defrost one pound at a time and then eat two ounces. It's like perfect. He just, he knows me. He knows that I love liver. It's fantastic. He processes the liver for me. So I always buy my liver from that particular farmer. And the beautiful thing about organs is nobody buys them. Prior to me becoming Sam's client, the only people that bought organs from him were people buying it for their dog food. Okay. So trust me, you can get plenty of stuff from your local farmer that they're not even used to selling. You should have seen his face the first time I told him I wanted kidneys. It's like, huh? Or one time we taught a regenerative farmer what suet was, like the fat around the kidneys of an animal. We taught them what suet was. They didn't even know it was a thing. Now they harvest suet. They didn't previously do that. You can have a relationship with these people. It's wonderful, right? And again, now before anybody freaks out, the tattletales of the world that were probably hall monitors in high school that love tattling on people and getting them detention that are going to sit here and scream about social distancing. I actually have an arrangement with my farmers, if you must know, right? This whole social distancing thing where there's a location that I can go pick up the meat that I have ordered. There's a freezer there. I pull up to the freezer. There's a door. I walk through the door. There's a freezer. I open the freezer. There are bags with my name on them. I grab those bags. I put them in my car. I leave. I pay the farmer via Venmo, which is free app paid via Venmo all done amazing right bring my meat home I could I could wear a mask and gloves if I want to you tattletales easy peasy but yes there are still things that I shop for in the grocery store um, I buy canned sardines I buy coconut aminos I buy grass-fed butter I get sparkling water things like that but my average grocery store trip cost me about $25 like literally I go to the grocery store and spend 25 bucks or sometimes if I if I run out of eggs I'll just go to the grocery store and grab their tons of, I mean, pasture-raised eggs, thanks to Vital Farms mostly, but even like Kroger has their own brand of actual pasture-raised egg, not free range. We're talking about pasture-raised eggs, right? So I can go get pasture-raised eggs in a pinch, but my grocery store shopping is such limited funds. It's crazy. Like it might be a $25 trip at the grocery store. Now, the other thing that you need is a freezer. I have a very large freezer in my garage. Now, when you have a freezer, you also want a generator, okay? Make sure you have a generator, especially in these crazy times. I'm not saying to be a prepper or anything like that, but for instance, the week before coronavirus hit, Nashville got hit by a crazy tornado. I had no power for about 24 hours. Some people had no power for a week. I would have lost all of that meat in my freezer. So having a generator is very, very important, okay? You need a freezer, you need a generator. Now, the good news is freezers, and I, I kinda gotta be careful with my words here because 
Prior to the coronavirus pandemic, freezers were always wildly available, like just readily available on Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, everything. Like you could, they were always on there constantly. I got my freezer, my big giant freezer holds hundreds of pounds of meat. And I bought that for $90 on Craigslist and the owners delivered it to my house, okay? Worst case scenario, you can go grab one at Home Depot, but a big one at Home Depot is gonna run you probably 300 bucks. It'll be expensive to get it like new from Home Depot or Walmart or something like that, right? But you can get your hands on them. Now, yeah, so again, I don't know if that's the case right now. I haven't gone searching for freezers because I have one, so I don't know if it'll be different with the pandemic. I imagine people are probably trying to stock up on freezers. The other thing that you must do, everybody, is cook. You need to learn how to cook, period. The reason why I'm saying this this way is because I think a lot of people think that they can cook and they can't cook, okay? <laughs> you need to learn how to cook from scratch without reading anything. Now, I'm not talking about a Rachel Ray fancy recipe with wonderful pictures and three hour prep times with a pinch of this and a dash of that and 16 ingredients you have to buy for this one recipe that gets stuck in your cabinet and you never use them again. Blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about having a skillet, maybe a single pot and learning how to combine whole foods together. That's it. Whole foods together, maybe some sea salt, maybe some coconut aminos, right? I'm saying you just need to learn how to put whole foods together in whatever combination feels right to you and eat it. Learn how to cook from scratch, okay? The simpler, the better. I tell people this all the time. The simpler, the better, and the more consistent you will be. If you know psychologically, again, let's talk about this psychologically. If you know psychologically that every night you're in for two and a half hours start to finish to cook your fucking dinner, you're not gonna be consistent with that. I promise you. I get driven nuts by the recipe thing. I know so many people that do so good on Clovis and they switch to Clovis at first and they're sending me pictures of their plates of food. Look at this, I made this and I, I made that and I made this recipe and I made that recipe and I did this and blah, 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 blah. And then like I, they forget that a lot of the people that join Clovis friend me on Facebook. So then I see their Saturday night posts of them eating pizza and drinking beer. And I'm like, okay, dumbass. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry, I should not have said that. I get it. But if you're switching to Clovis, you shouldn't be eating, eating pizza and drinking beer. But what happens is you're stressed out. You have to understand that you are fucking stressed because you're making it too hard on yourself. You think you need a goddamn Rachel Ray recipe every single night of the week. You do that for five days and then Saturday comes and you go, oh my God, if I have to do dishes again or if I have to put another pot on the stove or I have to preheat the oven to 350 degrees and bake such and such for four and a half hours, I'm gonna pull my hair out. So you go buy pizza. I don't know how people have not figured this out yet. You do not need a five-star gourmet recipe meal every night of your life. You don't. Simplicity, okay? Simplicity, that is freedom. You will find freedom in simplicity. Learn how to cook from scratch. Make it happen. Done deal, okay? That's it, nice and easy. Now, let's dig in a little bit to politics because you guys have to understand what happens behind the scenes and the reason why so many things are being propped up and the reason why the food systems, why the, the, the plants are being forced to stay open and all these things that are happening. When you support local farmers, when you support local farmers, you are voting with your dollars. That is very important. 
You are voting with your dollars. You are sending a very clear signal to the powers that be, right? So in more recent news, a new corporate accountability report found that 11 out of 20 dietary guidelines advisory committee members have connections to the International Life Sciences Institute. This is a group funded in large part by Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, McDonald's, General Mills, and more. 11 out of 20 of the committee members, okay? I repeat, the organization responsible for creating dietary guidelines for the health of the American population is funded by the creators of hands down the most detrimental food products known to mankind. I don't know how this is even legal, let alone accepted blindly by the American people and our oh-so-trustworthy politicians and leaders. Oh, boy. Dietary guidelines. The government should have no place whatsoever in dietary guidelines. This kind of corruption is insane. You guys got to step away from this big bloated system. We absolutely have to. It's the only chance we have, right? And then if we do talk about metabolic health, I really can't think of an easier way to improve the overall metabolic health of yourself and your entire family. Just switching most of your budget, your grocery budget, allocating most of your budget to your local farmers. If you do this, I assure you by default, your entire family is going to get healthier. Again, you're drastically reducing your exposure to processed foods. Most people, particularly in a situation of social, social distancing and lockdown, you're not even going to see processed foods unless you step foot in a grocery store. Generally speaking, people have to step foot in gas stations, they have to go to social events, they go to restaurants, they go to grocery stores, all these things are, we're constantly exposed to processed foods. Not so in social distancing. If you're spending most of your money with a local farmer, going to the grocery store to pick up a couple things, maybe once a week, maybe once every two weeks, I probably go once every two weeks, right? You're drastically reducing your exposure to these processed foods, okay? So, that's what I suggest here. You can, stop, you can go to your local farmer once and stock up for months and months and months of food, especially with these big fat stimulus checks, everybody. Invest in your future. I understand that it's, it's, it's an uncertain time for financial future. I can't think of a better way to spend your money right now, especially if you have a 600, if you, if you are someone that's grabbing this unemployment because you got laid off, which is totally fair, you pay into unemployment for a reason. Go get that unemployment. And if you're getting a $600 per week bonus on that unemployment, use one week of it. Go get yourself a freezer, a used freezer, and buy yourself a quarter cow from something like eatwild.com. A quarter, a quarter cow, I believe, is 125 pounds of meat. How fast are you gonna go through 125 pounds of meat? I could be wrong on the map. I can't remember exactly what a quarter of a cow is, but you can buy a quarter of a cow. You can buy an eighth of a cow. I think an eighth of a cow is like 75 pounds. Quarter cow might be 150. I can't remember. But anyway, you can buy a quarter of a cow at a time. You can buy an eighth of a cow. You can t team up with friends, spend 1500 bucks and buy a whole cow and divvy it up between all of you and all of your freezers. Get together with your neighbors, buy a whole cow, right? Use a week's worth of this unemployment stimulus bonus to do that. What the country needs right now more than ever before is a sense of personal responsibility, okay? A sense of personal responsibility. I cannot count the number of times I have used this phrase in my podcast. Nobody is coming to save you. Nobody is coming to save you. The government can pretend that they are. You might still think that they are. 
They can swoop in with their stimulus checks and their nightly press briefings with their COVID team making you feel all cozy. They can continue to artificially prop up the stock market, which is complete lunacy, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, we all know the truth. What they are doing is unsustainable and it will have extreme consequences. You are really on your own here. I promise you, you're on your own. We all are. You're not entirely on your own because you have Clovis. You're in a better situation than most. Now, for the healthiest and the most able-bodied among us, this sense of personal responsibility should be really quite empowering. It absolutely should be empowering. I know many people my age who have lost their jobs and are now living quite comfortably on their weekly unemployment checks with their $600 bonus, and they're getting themselves out of debt, and they're also spending their time learning new skills from free online courses. Literally, 100% free courses. They're learning coding, they're learning how to start an eBay store, how to drop ship, how to start an Amazon store, blah, blah, blah. Most of them plan on never going to back, going back to work in a location ever again. They're gonna shift entirely to a remote work model. And I think that's beautiful. I'm super proud of them for this, it's fantastic, right? We must learn lessons during these trying times. It is absolutely critical. So you really have two choices here. You learn nothing from this, you wait it out, you continue to trust the system as it stands, which we just saw as a complete house of cards, or you take full responsibility for your own life, your own health, and your own future. And you start with this simple task of changing the way you source food. That's it. One decision. Change the way that you source your food. Because you're making a decision to vote with your dollars. You're making a decision to support your local farmers. You're making a decision to become more reliant on your neighbors, your farmers, and less reliant on your government and big food companies. You're making a decision to truly do your part to help the environment by supporting regenerative agriculture. The ripple effects of this one decision are staggering. Staggering, everybody. Just a simple answer to the question of where do I get my food? Eat whole foods, change the world. Support your local farmers, change the world. The regenerative operations, the ones who are doing it right, the ones who care about their impact on the planet. They don't just care about crop yield, right? The choice is yours what you do here. I'm just giving you information. I've already made my choice. I made my choice years ago, everybody. Sacred cow. Wait until you see how much I plaster this thing in your face when this, this project comes out. I could not be more proud to be a part of this thing. I could not be more proud for the amount of dollars that I've funneled into this project. Okay, you can funnel dollars into the project as well by going to sacredcow.info. Again, sacredcow.info. I hope this episode inspires at least a few of you to go out and do this thing. Go to eatwild.com, right? There's a reason why people keep sharing eatwild.com. Now, I swear to God, if the people that keep sharing eatwild.com in these comments, if I know you and you're not currently buying from eatwild.com and you're shoving that link in people's faces, we're going to have a serious talk. So I'm gonna reach out to every single person who shared that link because you, I know you got that link from me. I'm gonna reach out to every single person because I know all of you who shared that link right now and I'm gonna make sure you're, you're walking the walk, not just talking the talk, okay? Understand that. It is fine and dandy to share things online. There's sharing online and there's executing. There's an awful lot of people that share fitness stuff online as well that don't work out, okay? Dave, I know, Dave's killing it. I'm eating grass-fed beef right now. Killer, dude. I love it. 
But yes, there's a lot of that bullshit going on. I see a lot of people that preach a lot of the stuff that I preach. And again, some of you people in Clovis, you're friends with me on Facebook, okay? You're friends with me on Facebook. You're friends with me on Instagram, right? I love that you post this stuff and then I get to see your life. Then I actually see your life, okay? Remember that. Don't be hypocritical here. Practice what I preach. Walk the walk. Don't just talk the talk, okay? Understand that. Walk the walk. You must. Share this stuff. Share Sacred Cow. Go support Sacred Cow. Sacredcow.info.info. Go check that out. Live this stuff, everybody. It's not enough to just be on the groups, to just be on forums, to just be on Instagram saying that you agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. That's great that you're agreed. You go do it. Go do it. Go share it with people. Okay? We are in a situation where we need this now. Talking and agreeing is not enough. Clicking the like button, clicking the love button, not enough. Leaving a comment, not enough. Go do it. Understand? All right, let me take a look at these comments. That was like right at an hour, man. Kind of nailed it. What do we got? So I'm going to scroll up here. Hey, everybody. Awesome. Megan, I missed the first part. I'll have to go back and watch. Yes, go back and watch. Diana is my hero. Michelle, I couldn't agree more. She's fantastic. Um, also, by the way, you got your wish, Michelle. She's coming back on the podcast. So I talked to her the other day. Laura loved Diana. Laura loved Diana. Both Lauras love Diana. Diana, awesome. Megan, poor chickens just wasted lives. Yes, two million of them. That is crazy. Dave, Sharon, eat wild. Dave, walking the walk, brother. I appreciate it, man. Jackie, the one positive of Alaska is that it's so hard to barge meat in. Tons of whole foods are local, including meat. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's awesome. Um, another reason why is the same thing. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, same thing that they're talking about um, the FAO, director of the FAO, saying we need to shorten supply chains and we need to localize. Everybody should be localized like Alaska is. I think that's a fantastic model. It's great. It doesn't make sense. Guys, I need you to understand this. Some of the wild-caught salmon that you buy in a grocery store literally comes from China and gets frozen and somehow gets shipped back to China and gets shipped back here. Like the insanity of what goes on with our food supply chain is absolutely staggering. It makes no sense at all. The amount of fossil fuels that we burn shipping food all around the globe, like literally for no reason is staggering to me. It doesn't make any sense at all. Localizing food chains makes supply chains makes so much sense to me. It's crazy. What else we got? Alexandra's got lots of butcher box. Yes, I hope you went to butcherbox.com slash Clovis. I think it's slash Clovis or maybe Clovis Nutrition. Use the, Clo the Clovis butcher box link. I'll put it in the show notes. What else we got? Megan, love gardening. So therapeutic. Same with hunting. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I've never done any gardening. I it does not tempt me in the least, but uh, I know myself. So maybe someday. I don't know. Um... You know what? I'm going to look to go live for the group. Yeah, man. Do it. Sure. Go live anytime you want to, Mike. Just make sure you're not eating pizza live, brother. Make sure I will headbutt you through the screen, okay? Eatwild.com. Sacred Cow. Go to check it. Yes, check it out. Sacredcow.info. Boom. Greg, love it. Awesome, dude. Thank you. Michelle, I did. So excited. Dave's eating grass-fed beef. Hell yeah. Going to the sites right after this. Yeah, Mike, go. Go to eatwild.com. That's what I'm saying, brother. Don't share and not act. Don't. I'll jujitsu the fuck out of you, man. <laughs> I looked at eatwild.com in California. And cow is $3,998. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, team up. Team up with as many people as you need to, right? Make it worthwhile. Get your neighbors together. Get your family together. Get a bunch of freezers. Make it happen. Um, 
Michelle, force of nature meets are great too. That's awesome. Killer man. Love it. Michelle, that's a, well, you're not man. Sorry, I say man. That's how I talk. Cheaper than Whole Foods store. Um, she's saying meat. Split a cow with four or five families. Yeah, great idea. Love that idea. Force of nature meat is cheaper than Whole Foods. That's awesome. What else we got? Tamara, talking to some people about it. Hell yeah, I love that. See, that's awesome. See, this is another thing, guys. Get together with, with friends, family, neighbors, whatever. Get to know the people that live around you. I know some people are tattletales freaking out about COVID or whatever. Wear a mask and call your neighbor. Whatever you're going to do, you know? Catherine, truly regenerative farm grass-fed beef was $7.95 a pound for half steer. Just ordered my second half a steer yesterday. Wow, that's... I guess I, I, you're making me feel lucky because that's, that's quite... That's a bit more expensive than I pay. Um, I get... I mean, truly, I've toured the farms. I know, I know these farmers personally, but my truly regenerative, 100% grass-fed, grass-finished um, cows, I pay about six fifty a pound. Um, organ meats are fantastic. I pay three bucks a pound for beef liver, which is fantastic. It's great, right? Um, truly regenerative, blah, blah, Mike, uh, take your ass out in the woods and shoot some meat. Yeah, you can, but a lot of people don't want to do that, man. They just don't, you know? A lot of people don't want to, and I can't say I blame them. And, and that said, hunting is not cheap. You know, that's the other thing. That's kind of a myth. I think people think you do just like walk out in the woods and kill a deer. It's like hunting ain't cheap, man. It's, it's not like if you want legit gear for hunting, it's expensive. Ammunition is expensive, particularly something like 30 out six ammo. Um, and then you have hunting licenses. If you don't have your own land, you have the tags, you got to, you know, lease land if you want to go out and get it, or you got to know somebody. So yeah, we're like, I'm lucky here in Tennessee. I know people I can hunt on their land. My dad's got land, but not everybody has that. So you have to understand, take your ass out in the woods and shoot some meat. That doesn't work everywhere certainly doesn't work everywhere. You know, that doesn't work for people in New York City, doesn't work for people in LA, doesn't work for people in, you know, living in the middle of Detroit, whatever. So it's it's tricky. Yeah, Catherine, you're right. Only 350 for a pound of local grain-fed farm. Exactly, that's the thing. So when I tell people to switch to regenerative agriculture, it is very critical for me to teach them this reallocation of funds. Nothing drives me crazier than people just being like, Oh, eating healthy is too expensive. And I know that 95% of their grocery budget is going to process junk foods. I know that for a fact. And then parents always said the same thing to me. Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, because, you know, my kids are picky. My kids are picky. All right. Whatever. Not having this conversation. Yeah. No. He's not doing it. Okay. What else we got? Tears everywhere for hunting. Yes. Hunting is, uh, is, is legit. Hunting... I think you'd be surprised, actually, Jackie. I do, uh, because I know you so well, too. But I, but I think for everybody, I think literally for everybody, hunting is a, is a much different experience than I think they think it is in their head, um, and depending on what you're doing. Now, I have been on you know, high fence operations that are literally just shuttling in exotic animals from around the world, and they're just shooting them for target practice, basically. Um, I've seen legitimate trophy hunting up close and personal, um, and then I've seen legitimate hunting where I've literally, you know, saged my weapons and done, you know, Native American practices and prayed over the animals after shooting them. I've done every every form of hunting at this point that you can kind of think of. Um, but I, I, it's 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 quite interesting. I feel better taking a life of an animal than I do walking into Kroger and buying packaged meat in cellophane wrap. I feel much better about taking the life of an animal than participating in that bullshit. So I know that for your hormones and everything, it makes people feel sad, but understand the death you're participating in with factory farming is far more horrific than hunting ever will be. And Jackie, I know you already know this. I'm not teaching anything you don't know, but for anyone else who might be listening, who might not have gone down the rabbit holes of regenerative agriculture or hunting or anything like that, you have to understand if you feel 
somehow ethical or moral walking into a Walmart and buying the $3 pound of ground beef that you don't know where it came from, I promise you a lot of suffering went into that meat. A lot of suffering went into that meat, big time. And all of the meat that I've eaten in the past six weeks, I watched the animals die and there was no suffering. Natural, healthy life, lived in a beautiful environment. They enjoyed every bit of their life. Their life was taken very quickly and I'm extremely thankful for that. It's a spiritual moment for me, right? So maybe we can go when I'm, when I'm more postpartum. I would love to take you hunting, absolutely, anytime. Anytime we can make that happen, I would love to take you out and get you your first deer. That'd be fantastic. Let's make that happen. Let's just remember that in our brains, in our hearts. We'll make this happen. The universe will bring it to us. What else we got? Michelle, I wish I was somewhere in the South. Cheaper than Cali for sure, but still worth it here. Yeah, everything under the sun is cheaper than Cali. Let's just be honest, right? Catherine, I literally priced it out two days ago. Got to spend your money where your beliefs lay. Yes, exactly. 100%. That's it. Guys, I promise you, if I lived in California, I would still have a freezer full of animals that I either hunted or purchased from a local grass-fed farm. And if I had to drive three hours to that local grass-fed farm, I would. Trust me. Absolutely. This is the same thing. And it happens to me all the time. It happens to me all the time when people say to me, yeah, just wait till you have kids, Justin. After a while, you're going to have kids and you're going to end up feeding them cookies and you're going to end up feeding them pizza. You'll see. You'll see when you're a parent. Um, okay. You've never spent any time with me in real life. Those words would never come out of your mouth. Just not going to happen. If I had to, like, I'm telling you, obstacles, they mean nothing to me. They just don't. What do we got? Greg, we aren't forgetting about this Clovis trip, dude. Yeah, I know. I, I was planning a uh, Clovis hunting retreat for September. Um, obviously the brakes are on that. The brakes are on everything right now. Absolutely everything. Brakes on everything. Um, but I was actually talking to the head of that hunting retreat um, the other day and he was saying, do you want to put something down in the books? And I was like, I really don't think that we can. And he agreed. We really can't at this point. You know, we just can't. That's Tamara, that's for sure. Tamara, you would never feed your kids cookies. No, it's just not going to happen. Now, that said, like, as my kids aged and they showed, like, I'm aware my kids are going to go to their friend's house and get cookies and things like that, but they'll be so well-educated. Like, by the time my kids are going to other people's houses to sleep over, like, besides, like, going to grandma's house when they're two years old, by the time my kids are five, six years old going and doing sleepovers with their friends, they will be so well-educated that I will trust their decisions and I will also be aware that they're going to eat sugary cookies the same way I know my teenagers are going to go out and drink a beer and take a hit of a joint right? It's crazy to me that parents just pretend about this shit, right? But when they're home, they will know exactly what the home environment looks like and they'll know exactly why I make those choices. And they will also be aware that eating the cookies once is not going to kill them, right? This is the thing. Everyone thinks that they seem to think that I'm going to be some kind of like drill sergeant with my kids. No, I'm going to talk to them like grownups and I'm going to educate them. That's it. <laughs> beef pops. Yeah, I'll give my kids beef pops. Your kids will know better. 100, Catherine, yes, my kids will know better. That's it. My kids will know better. You know? Eventually, I'm going to have kids when I'm like 65 years old. Because I'm pretty sure I'm going to live to probably be like 180 at least, I think. Pretty sure. I'm very confident that I'll be at least 150 years old. I'm not kidding. I probably, you might think I'm joking. I joke around a lot. I say a lot of crazy shit, right? I say a lot of crazy shit. Guys, just so you know, a lot of times, I'm joking, all right? <laughs> but yeah, um, I think I'm at least 150 years old. I see no... I see no scenario in which I don't live to be 150. So I'm not too worried about it, right? Your kids will know better. 
Catherine, my kids won't touch a cookie. They know and understand and feel the difference. 100%. That's it. Your kids aren't dumb, everybody. They're just not. And picky kids usually just mean picky parents, right? Same way that, that parents pass on their beliefs about money. There's a lot of kids who are never going to be wealthy because their, kid, their parents literally taught them that wealth is not an option. If your parents were broke as fuck all the time and were always worried about their bills and there was never enough money and they made damn sure to tell you money doesn't grow on trees, where do you think this came from, you, you righteous, self-righteous little shit? Where do you think your toys came from? We have to pay the bills. Mom and dad have to go to work. Money doesn't grow on trees. You fucked your kid for life. Your kid thinks that being wealthy is literally not an option. This is what I'm talking about in the earlier part of this thing with finance. There are false belief patterns in all people I have ever met who are broke as a joke and can't pull themselves out of it. There are false belief systems. There is deep-seated trauma there that was planted in them from well-meaning adults. The adults authored their reality. Parents, I say that in my latest Just Justin episode, I introduce you to this term. The words of adults are the paintbrushes that paint the reality for children. This is what happens, okay? Your words literally paint reality for kids. So every time you remind your kid that them being here, simply existing, is a stress on you because money doesn't grow on trees, your kid's not going to grow up to be Justin with Clovis, a digital entrepreneur. It's not going to happen. He's going to get a nine to five job and he's going to trade his time for money and he's going to think he can never get ahead and the bills will keep piling up and he's going to live up to his income and there's always more bills. No matter how much money I make, there's always more bills. There's always more bills. There's always more bills. Why? Because that's what his dad said to him his whole life. That's what his mom said to him his whole life. That's why people that grow up in the ghetto can't get out of the ghetto because mom and dad say, no matter what I do, someone's holding me down. Nobody lets me get out of the ghetto. Pattern. Pattern, pattern, pattern. The same way we think type 2 diabetes is genetic. No, it's not. You just cook the same shit your mom taught you to cook, right? Now we're getting deep, everybody. Let's just hang out for another hour. You want to talk about this stuff for the next hour? We can. It's false belief systems, everybody. False belief systems implanted in you by people other than yourself. I'm not telling you it's your fault. It's not your fault. It's really hard to undo that shit. It's really hard to undo scarcity mindset. Very, very hard. My latest Just Justin episode, let me tell you how things happen, right? I did a seven gram heroic dose of mushrooms that broke my brain and shifted all of reality for me until the end of time. Um, so the other day I sat down and wrote a Just Justin episode and before I knew it, I had written 10,000 words. So the next Just Justin episode is going to be quite long because it's going to be more than 10,000 words because I wrote 10,000 words and it's not done, right? But I'm going to explain these things to you. There's a lot of strongly held belief stuff inside of me that is not okay that I'm trying to change, right? There are false belief systems and patterns that I found within myself that I am trying to change. There is a reason why I am a workaholic. There is a reason why I am compulsive about so many things, about fitness, about diet, about nutrition, about music, about finance, about spirituality, about entrepreneurship, whatever. There is a reason why I'm this compulsive, right? And you peel back the layers of the onions and you figure it out. That's it. That's how this goes, okay? There's a lot of false belief system, but people get so mad. When I, when I even suggest that being broke versus being wealthy is somewhat within your control, your own personal responsibility, people want to kill me. They, they, want to, they want to stab me to death, right? You can't even have conversations about these things these days. It's crazy. Right? What else we got? Stacy, hand up. I know, I know. 
Michelle, so true. I try so hard to be really, really mindful about the words I use. Food, money, and fear. God, parents scare the shit out of their kids. It's so ridiculous. You really think your kid has a concept of what a fucking bill is? And you want to remind them when they're eight years old? We got bills, kid. We got bills. You want a new pair of shoes, you little dick? Well, we got bills to pay. He doesn't know what a bill is. What are you doing? You're projecting your shit on a little child, human. Stop it. It's crazy, right? Michelle, and I try to apologize whenever my kids hear me in a really bad mindset. I have to tell them I was speaking in fear. That's very, very important. Yes, a lot of parents are like politicians. And when they're wrong, they won't admit it. And they'll spin and twist in their words and they'll justify why they said what they said and why they did what they did rather than just saying, hey kid, I messed up. Everybody messes up. We're all human, right? I should not have said that. I'm sorry. Anyway, we're getting into a mindset episode now, everybody. This is wonderful. I love these talks. This makes me want to stay up till two in the morning chatting with you guys. We need to do a uh, little wine episode one of these days. Chill out, do a Firefly chat or something. Um, also, those of you in I Am Clovis in the membership groups in I Am Clovis and the I Am Clovis membership, we're going to be doing a the first ever Ask Me Anything group coaching call. So these are no longer Ask Me Anything. So I do take questions at the end, but I don't take uh, preemptive questions for these episodes anymore. The AMAs are going to be group coaching calls inside the private I Am Clovis Facebook group. So you want to get in there. You definitely want to start your membership. You want to get your hands on a custom nutrition plan, become an I Am Clovis member, and I'm going to go live once a week and I'm just going to field direct questions from the people that are part of that paid group I Am Clovis. So that's going to be behind a paywall. These episodes every Wednesday are still going to remain free. This is going to go up on the Clovis Culture Podcast tomorrow. I'm going to think of some kind of word to think about, uh, some kind of term to call these episodes because AMA was so great, um, but now the AMAs are going to be part of I am Clovis, and this is going to be called something different. And hopefully you guys can come up with a name for me. What do you, what, what should we call this? What, I don't know what we should call these, but these new episodes, they should be called something. It'd be fun. So anyway, that's it for this one. Um, I'm calling this one, Why You Need to Start Taking Regenerative Agriculture Seriously. Um, and you really do. Go check out Sacred Cow. Check out Diana Rogers. Tell her I sent you. Send her a message and say, Justin said you are an angel sent from heaven and your work is amazing. And tell her that you love her. Go reach out to Rob Wolf, Das, D-A-S-R-O-B-B-W-O-L-F. Reach out to Das Rob Wolf on Instagram and tell him that you love him as well. Tell him Clovis sent you. I'm going to get him both back in the podcast for this Sacred Cow launch. Don't worry. Diana and I are already scheduling. And uh, that's going to be awesome. Click the like button. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to click the love button. I like that. I like hearts. Click the love button. Click the happy button. Click the smiley face button. Click the laughing button. Click the share button. Share this on your timeline. Tag your friends. Do all the things. Share it to your Facebook story. Everything. Until next time. I love you guys. I will see you in the groups tomorrow morning. I will go live and chat with you guys. Thank you so much for being here. I hope this was some valuable information. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, sacredcow.info. Go check it out right now. I love you guys. Good night. I got a good thing somewhere, somewhere. But I closed my eyes and lost my way. It felt so